Click, click, boom. What's going on, Faithfuls? The Nothing But Niners crew is back. And guys, it's episode 22 of More Midnight Madness. I'm your guy, 49ers Mike underscore NFL. To my right is my guy, Brian. He is Stater underscore Niner. Brian, what's going on with you today, man? All right, another day. You know, I had a day off because of the holiday. Well, the observed holiday. And uh, let's go back to work tomorrow. But, yeah, it was nice to have an extra day off, extra long weekend. I like it, man. I like it. We're going to start the show by popping up the uh, picture of the formalities there. And uh, listen, you guys are going to have to de- uh, deal with me a little bit tonight. I have come down with something. I'm all congested. My throat is sore. So I, I've made myself a little uh, beverage, like a hot toddy type of thing. I got, I did some tea with cough drops in it. And um, they told me to put a splash of whiskey in it. I don't know what that's supposed to do. Does it help it get into your bloodstream faster or something? Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't get it, but uh, I'm trying it here, um, and I'm hoping for some relief in my throat. So if you see me, like, waving you down, man, it's because I can't – I don't sure. want to read the next question or whatever. So, um, But hopefully everything else runs smoothly here, and uh, let's get to what we saw on Twitter today. Let's um, do it. And I want to pat us on the back. I, I, I just want to pat us on the back. We have been going hard about these uniforms all night long, or all week maybe even a little bit longer than a week. Um, and we've, we, we dug up the one tweet from the person uh, here. No one else was talking about this. This guy legitimately had like three likes on his tweet when he posted his, his thing. We brought it up here about the helmets. We started doing some research. We were pulling them up. And all of a sudden, you see it all over Twitter today. Mm-hmm. Pictures from back in the day when the Niners were actually wearing it. We even have people doing special edits. What are your thoughts, man? I, what do you think about the, the look? You don't like it, huh? Nope, I do not like it. I as soon as I saw it, I put it in the chat. I think Wayne uh, responded, but uh, it looked to me it looks too much like a Browns helmet. I'm like, get out of here. I mean, I know it's not the same color scheme, but you know, it we have a logo like I a Browns it. helmet. It doesn't look like a Browns helmet, dude. The, the old school one, not this one. To me, it, it. I know it's red and silver, and theirs is orange and brown. But to me, it just. Yeah, that I don't know if it's the color quality in that picture, but it looks orangish red to me. Um, I just don't like it. Even the one that they did the mock up on Kittle, Kittle I, I'll, I'll keep our gold helmets all day long. All right, all right, here we go. I'll be on this ledge by myself because that has been the overwhelming uh, response online is that people are just not for it. They, they're not feeling it. And I gotta be honest with you, man. If you're looking at these uniforms, the way they're projected to be, that gold helmet is a sore thumb. Come, Brian, it doesn't fit. Look at we what they're are, wearing. We are red and gold. Where are the gold? <laughs> Bro, there's no gold in these. All right, see, the gold works because of the pants. If this is what they're wearing this year, if that's what they're doing, guys, I think I like this shit, man. I can't, I, I can't lie, bro. For me to get on board, you'd have to do a complete remodel, get rid of that silver stripe, or if you're going to do I would put the white like on their pants. But they have the what the white and black stripes on there, yeah, and then yeah. there still has to be. It cannot be just generic, man. We are the San Francisco 49ers. You need to have a logo on the side. I don't care if it's cross pick oh, no, or I think something. There's but a logo on the side. It doesn't, oh no, no, it is blank. It's like a Browns helmet. <laughs> oh shit, there is no logo. It's on not the even side. numbers like Alabama. You know, it's just blank. Yeah. All right. Well, there's already a different. If you look at this edit, this little mock-up edit here, the SF's logo in between George Kittle's eyebrows is up there. And this old photo here, it's not. That's right. not even there. 
Well, they only um, have one bar on their most of their face masks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, legit now anyway. a long way. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, I get what you're saying, but I do think that this looks better with the jerseys as they stand than the gold helmet. I do. That, that's my personal opinion. Um, now the other thing is, I think this would even go well with the white jerseys. Yeah, I have no doubt that it would. The colors will work, but it's just I, as a lifelong San Francisco fan, man, and realistically only knowing the gold helmets i just can't yeah unless you're gonna you'd have to do something to juice that up some more because it cannot be just a plain yeah we're not cleveland yeah. we cannot have a plain helmet <laughs> and shout out to the graphic god on twitter who uh did the little that edit there uh i was trying to find the original one from him but all i could find were people posting his picture so i couldn't find i even went to his page and uh i'm assuming his uh, I went to the person's page and uh, it wasn't there. So um, I don't know. I even look, went through the tweet replies because you have your standard tweets and then the replies. Excuse me. And it wasn't in there. So, uh, but yeah, uh, thanks for the edit, man. We appreciate it. And I think that's going to do it uh, as far as on Twitter today. Uh, was there anything? Else? Oh, no. You said you had something. Oh, yeah. Um, from what I sent you earlier or what we were talking, what I talked to you about real quick. Mm mm. I was talking about what you sent me, uh, something about uh, from Kyle Posey. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, where the where the uh, sanctions came down. Yeah, let so, me uh, pull that up real quick. We have been um, blaming a lot on this young man, Ambry Thomas. I mean, not Ambry Thomas, uh, Diamondor Lenore. As far as you know, the sanctions that were passed down and handed down to the 49ers, uh for the the minicamp uh, foul foul ups. And according to uh, something Brian saw today, uh, it may not have been his fault. It turns out it was from someone else who got injured right. during camp, which I get, you know, we, should, we we probably should have figured that out because it was still a no contact time of the year. Right. And we never put two and two together. I mean, this guy's, this guy's year is over because right. of this injury and we didn't put two and two together. So uh, if you got it there, you can go ahead and break it down. And yeah. So Kyle Posey from uh, Niners nation, uh, wrote an article and it had several highlights in it. Um, but one of them talked specifically uh, about the league um, requesting a video of the 49ers workouts after offensive lineman, Justin school and safety Timor sustained significant injuries during the June 7th, Monday, June 7th uh, practice, a source said. So school sustained a torn ACL after he and a pass rusher contacted each other uh, during an 11-on-11 play in practice. As a result of, the, of that play, the NFL fined the 49ers $100,000 and head coach Kyle Shanahan $50,000. So per his source, that was the cause of the fine and not the one that we previously Not the Amador Lenore. So, young man, we owe you an apology. Definitely. Um, here I am thinking Shanahan's going to ban, you know, cell phone use and stuff, and it's not even that. It wasn't that the NFL launched an investigation and rightfully so, you know, you got a, a season ending injury during a no contact time of the year. We should, we should have put two and two together. And I feel like we were a little, um, I wouldn't you quick to assume there's a word for it, but we should, we are better than that here. And I apologize to that young man. And if he saw the video, so uh, that's that um, before we get to the questions, you want to, Oh, yeah. So real quick, um, and this is nothing personal. I just want to put it out there real quick. I've gotten several, um, and I'm sure some of the other guys get them too, but I've gotten several requests for Facebook friends 
um, that I'm not going to approve. And I'm going to just give you a brief, you know, that's for my family, friends to get uh, pictures of the kids and family type stuff. I don't use it for anything that has to do with 49ers. Um, if I meet you one day and we have a conversation and we're going to have a further uh, interactions, then that's something that's a different situation. Uh, but like I said, it's nothing personal towards anybody. It's just that that's where my family goes to see pictures of my boys and um, and our trips and stuff like that. So it's not anything related to Indian. Are we friends on Facebook? I don't use my account a lot. So I, I honestly, I don't even know if we're friends on there, to be honest. I, yeah, I think we are. I think yeah. you are. I think I am with it. Yeah, I think you are. <laughs> Nick is, because Nick's everywhere. Um, yeah. Wayne, um, I don't think that Tony and I have. I'm not sure Tony's on Facebook, actually. Yeah, he might not be on there. I don't think I've ever seen anything from Tony on there. Yeah. I, I just don't use mine a lot, and so I don't know who I'm friends with. Uh, it's just you know, it, so I I don't know. But all right, let's um let's get to the questions here. And for the first show in a while, we don't have one from our our guy uh, Nick Cork. We oh, said yeah. yes, we do the show, and he's like, all right, screw it, I got what I need. <laughs> I'm kidding, Nick. I'm kidding. Just throwing a little jab at you, okay? Uh, Milo chimes in from over the over the pond or across the sea. Uh, I believe says, Hey guys, once we move on from Jimmy and with more cap space, what player should they have a real crack at in free agency that might take us over the top and win the Super Bowl? Not this season, but next. So we talking about next season, whenever and however we move on from Jimmy. Uh, for my two cents, uh, I haven't really looked at next off season as far as what free agencies are even going to be available. Well, then I'll um, give you the answer right now. I know that there was, for me, I feel like safety is an area that we might, depending on how our how Tony Jefferson works out and how uh, Hufanga work out, um, that's an area that we may need depth on. And I know that Tyron Matthew is going to be <laughs> coming up at the end of his contract and the Chiefs are not going to be in a good space as far as their cap situation. So um, I think that we'd have a real shot at picking him up if that was somebody that we were interested in. And he would definitely be a contributor on defense. But um, uh, I, other than that, I, I mean, I really haven't looked – um, or have a name for you. Sorry. Von Miller. Von Is it, Miller. Is his contract going to be up next year? Yes, sir. He's a 2022 uh, free agent. Oh, my God. I'm losing it over here, guys. Sorry. Uh, but, yeah, my answer is, is is just that simple. It's Von Miller for me, man. Uh, if, we can, if we can go out there and get another guy like him to come in here and be a part of this rotation, I don't know what the future holds for – other people, but yeah, I'm going with him. Did you know Devontae Adams is 30 years old? I did not. He feels a lot younger than that, but he's going to be a free agent next year as well. He does feel younger than that. Uh, Chris Godwin. I tell you what, Chris Godwin is an interesting one because if he, uh, if if Trey has the arm that we think he's going to have, he can take advantage of some of that speed. I know a lot of people have been saying, oh, we need that, we need that. But there you go. Chris Godwin was only 26 years old. Um, so that'll be something that'll be fun to watch. Um, let me see. Is there anyone else out there that I think would, might maybe be worth yeah. getting? I, know, I guess I could pull up next year's free agents. No, it's all right. I, but my, the top of my list, though, is Von Miller. I know he's 33 years old, but there's just something about that kid that I, I what still was, What was the injury he's coming off of? Oh, shit. I'm not, that I don't remember. Uh, Von yeah. Miller injury. Yeah, I mean that would be depending on how his year goes, I think. But 
They said they don't see any slowing down in him. This was two days ago. Um, I know he had COVID at one point and he was asthmatic, so it was a big deal. Right. Uh, I don't. It doesn't say anything. Broncos don't see Von Miller slowing down. It was an ankle injury that ended the season. Ankle injury. So good call. All right. You catch that? You good? Yeah. All right. Danny Albright says, we're John Madden and Pat Summerall, the best commentators. Uh, so when I read this question, I originally thought he meant on the game, Madden football. But oh. he meant, in general, like actually calling the games. Right. And so I think we owe it to him to answer for television purposes only. Because the radio was something different. They didn't do that. Uh, it was different broadcasters for local team so um i don't know i mean john madden always had some i mean because he was a coach so he always had uh, colorful language to throw out there in different plays you know they I mean they assimilated a lot of that into the video games um so it was always fun and entertaining to listen to him and pat i don't know that i would say they're the best i can definitely guarantee they're better than listen to chris collinsworth because oh. i would rather shove something in my ear every time i hear his voice but um yeah. Uh, I don't know that I would say they're the best, but then I can't actually turn around and tell you who I think the best are either. So, but they, they were entertaining and that's, you know, commentators should be able to color the game for you, you know, in a way that keeps the, you know, the watcher engaged, you know, cause there's so many timeouts and TV this or whatever. But uh, I so. think that I'm going to take the easy answer. Cause it's like the, the newest one, but Tony Romo has been doing a phenomenal job lately. Uh, and I figured out what it is. I like about Tony Romo. The way he breaks down the play and diagnosis, it's like, duh. Like, doesn't everybody see this? Right. Like, oh, you, you know what's coming. This is it. This is it right here. Like, he talked. And I'm like, bitch, I don't see that. Like, don't <laughs> don't talk don't talk down to me as you're educating me. And then, like, he, he explains it in a way that it sounds like everybody should see it. Everybody should know it. Right. And as he's explaining, it's like, yeah, I see what you're talking about. But I, and so I do enjoy that. I do enjoy it, though, so. I, I like Tony Romo and whoever they whoever they decide to pair him with. I know he just got a, a new contract extension, so I'm not sure if his partners are changing or what. But DJ Malone, I think we heard his feelings here. You can read this one. <laughs> Seeing as how food questions are now taboo, nobody said they were taboo. We just got a lot of them. Um, what's your favorite position in football, not including QB? Can you guys explain the difference between Mike Will and Sam linebackers? Um, all right. I, because I played running back in high school, I've always been a fan of the running back position. Um, you know, that was the first part of football before they got to the forward pass. I mean, that, that's how, how the game was played. And, uh, to answer your question, yes, I can explain the differences between the Will, Mike and Sam. Hey, so can I. All right, cool. Um, I'll, I'll give you my favorite uh, position and then you can give your breakdown if I have a different understanding of it. Then I'll share that, but I, you know, we'll see what happens here. We didn't um, ask us to break it down. He just asked if we could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, um, so I'll let you explain it, and then you know, or I'll explain it. it doesn't matter. Um, but my favorite position is defensive lineman, um, and I like a good tackle or an end. Um, not, and when I say end, uh, I don't necessarily mean a pass rushing end, just someone who's really good on the edge, uh, not outside linebacker. Uh, so, um, and that you can tell my two favorite. Well, I don't know if people know my second favorite player, or, but I like the uh, the Dana Stubblefield and Bryant Young combo. So that was, you know, that was like my thing growing up on that. So um, that's it. 
And then as far as the uh, breakdown of the positions, it's the, you want me to just give a it quick? Yeah, I don't care. You can say it. I can say it. Doesn't matter. I mean, Mike, we, we, you and I might look at it differently too. So, all right. The Mike is just the middle linebacker. Um, the Sam is the strong side. That's what the S is for. So that's the, the that's the linebacker. He's going to line up on wherever side the tackle is, uh, and then the tight end. So if the tackle and the tight end are on the same side, that's the side that the Sam linebacker is on, and then the Will is on the weak side, which is only the tackle side. That's my understanding of it. And then the Mike and the Will tend to, or excuse me, the Mike and the Sam, um, the way they, what they're looking for and the way they play, from my understanding, is usually fairly similar. They're interchangeable, so you could have a similar type player playing both positions. Where your Will, and the reason that we see a lot of safeties get moved up into the linebacker core, they usually end up playing the Will position because they're more of a pass pro sort of, that that's more what you're looking for. If your blocking is going to the strong side, then on the weak side, that's where your potential for your pass or more potential for your pass play is going to be. Right. And that's also why people have started to diminish the, the Sam linebacker. Uh, the position is because the league is becoming a little bit more pass heavy. Right. And they're saying that that position is kind of fading by the wayside, but it's not. It's really not. But that, well, you just change what your will is able to do. You make them, and that's kind of more of like the Jack situation that they used out in with uh, mm -hmm. um, what was the kid's name in Jacksonville. Um, Jacksonville, yeah, Miles um, Jack. Yeah, he became the Jack position, which is kind of like a hybrid Sam slash Will. He can kind of do both things. All right, but yeah, keep the food coming. Uh, questions coming, uh, DJ, because we would feel like something was wrong if you didn't. All right. Always faithful says, okay, guys, which side of the ball will make a more impact all season offense or defense if all are healthy? Uh, so I like this question, man. This is, this this is a is good a, question. It's a good question. Um, you know, Holy shit. I, I believe in that old adage that defenses win championships. Um, and if everybody can stay healthy, I think that the defense has more of an impact because they're able to disrupt the offense on the other side of the ball. Um, and so that, that's where I'm at. I think that this this defense it is is the more impactful side. You know, yes, we have to score and we have to utilize our talents with our skill positions, but I think that it comes down to what we're able to do on defense. I love your answer, and I agree with everything you said. I'm just going to disagree for the sake of disagreeing and sure. for nothing else. Uh, I'm, I'll go with the offense, but I do believe what you said is right. But with Kyle Shanahan giving up what he gave up, not picking any more wide receivers, uh, and yet – drafting two more running backs, offensive linemen. I think that they're ramping up on the offensive side of the ball for a reason. And they also like what they see. I think there could be an explosion here uh, from the offense this year. Even, uh, you know, I don't know if, whether it be with Jimmy or without Jimmy. I don't care. I think that we see a different aspect of this offense and they, they really take a step forward this year. And taking a step forward for this offense, which has been through so many different quarterbacks and all, um, is a that's saying a lot because they've still been for the most part in the top 15 of most offensive categories and that's with the turnstile uh at the at the quarterback position so it's really right. exciting all right uh where were you when 9-11 happened this is this is very random but all right let's do it uh i was stationed in dc and was immediately released to go to the pentagon all right Whereas I was next three weeks. <laughs> I was uh, I was at home. Uh, I remember, I, I remember watching the second tower get hit on the news live, and my dumbass thought it was an instant replay. 
Uh, I was at home. I had my slacks on and my striped shirt. I was working at Kids Foot Locker at the time, getting ready to go to the mall. Uh, I was catching the bus back then. And um, my buddy and I are on the phone talking about the accident that happened in New York with the plane. Now, the, the first report, I don't know if you remember, the first report was that a private plane flew mm-hmm. into it. It was a private plane right. that flew I was listening it. to Howard Stern, and, and the way that they explained it, it sounded like it was like a little prop plane, not like yeah. a jet or anything I mean, like that. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And uh, so that was the very first report. And we were like, oh, man, some drunk guy, some rich drunk guy flew his plane into the fucking building like an idiot. And we're sitting there and we're like, oh, they just showed it like they showed a replay. They caught it like they must have like replayed it. And then like people like pandemonium on the screen. Right. Oh, no, it's like. Da, da, da. And so I remember I left. I caught the bus to the mall. And then when I got to the mall, they made an announcement under over the P.A., there were several other incidents and all public places are shutting down. Like they, they sent everybody home. It was, it was a very strange time. Yes. All right. Uh, okay, guys, who were the most difficult players or coaches we released or fired from our 49ers organization of all time? Uh, most difficult players. I mean, does T.O. go right to the top of the list? I think Bryant Young goes right to the top of the list. <laughs> what? He was not difficult. What don't oh, come on? You got to break it down, man. Oh, you know, I was thinking like difficult for the team after they released him. Oh, oh, oh like to, to move on from. Okay, all right. So maybe that's what he meant then. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, because otherwise, yeah, to was the yeah. Put your all pen right. back in your sock, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I like it. All right, uh, here we go. Uh, as far as coaches go, um, I don't know what coach was hard to move on from. I mean, you, I, I think a lot of people felt that. Um, that Walsh retired a little prematurely, but mm-hmm. he left us in good hands with uh, with Seifert. Seifert, Seifert won more Super Bowl. Well, never mind. I won't even go there because people don't like to talk about that. So it's, it's whatever. Um, Mark chimes in and says, uh, <coughs> with our linebacker depth after Fred and Dre, should San Francisco consider moving to a three-four front? We have the depth at uh, we have the depth in interior D line to make it work. Feel like most of our edge guys have experience at three-four. Sosa and Ford. Okay, I see, I see what he's saying there. But all right, what are your thoughts, there, Brian? So I'm going to go with no, um, just because we've been building this team and the player selections that we've, that the general manager has gone out and the scouts have found, um, are built for a four-three defense. Um, and so I think that it would be counterproductive, I guess, uh, to switch to a 3-4. I know that some of these guys have experience, but that's not how this team was built. This team was built to actually be uh, a three, a 4-3 three wide nine. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm not saying that they can't play in a 3-4 from time to time or move things around, but to just go and change your entire front to a 3-4 um, wouldn't make sense based on the, uh, the players that we currently have on the roster to me. Yeah, no, I, I like the 4-3 because I think it's harder for teams to run just in general. And uh, if you have good edge players in a 4-3, uh, it's it's a match made in heaven. You're, you're in second and eight most of the time, and you get to let those guys pin their ears back and get after it. So uh, that I really I really like that more than uh, the 3-4. Uh, and I don't think we have the personnel. I don't think we have the depth that people think we have at the linebacker position. We barely have four linebackers on the roster right now to run a, 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 a three, four. That's, well, that's three down. Three, four. Then you know that Sosa going to be rolling back into the linebacker position. 
Right. But that doesn't I, – I just don't think that we should be trying to do that anytime soon. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't think this team was built to be a 3-4 front. I think it's built to be a 4-3 front. Right. With the ability to interchange but not to stay a 3-4 front all the time. Yeah. It's just not the, – the way that the, the players they selected and their talents do not best suit that, I guess, would be the best way to say it. Yeah. Uh, do you think they should bulldoze Levi's and get back to San Francisco? Um. This has actually been a question on the mind of a lot of people. They think there's a curse and all that. And I just, I mean, well, you go first. You can give your answer here. Let's see what you think. Um, I have never been into Levi's Stadium. I've been in the parking lot, but never been into the stadium. So I don't know how they equate. I've been to, I went to Candlestick um, before they tore it down. Um, would I love it if they were back in San Francisco? Yes. But you know, financially, that's never going to happen. If I had my my way, then sure. <laughs> but um, I just don't foresee that happening. All right. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say no. You know, uh, I am a superstitious person when it comes to sports, even for sports that I'm not vested in. I'll watch a basketball game, and they'll say, this guy has made his last 12 free throws. I'm like, oh, here <laughs> he's going to brick it. Here it comes. You can bet yep. your money on it. You know, like I'm that, I'm that kind of superstitious, right? But there comes – like – I don't believe in curses. Like, screw you. I'm going to defy that. Like, I look at curses as a challenge. So it's weird that I'm superstitious, but I also, like, I'm anti-negative stuff when it comes to my favorite teams. Like, I want to I bowl through that. So, no. I say no. We got to fight through it and make you all know. We made it to the damn Super Bowl, guys. Like, how how long can we say it's a curse? Like, we made it to the Super Bowl. So, come on, man. Like, let's... I, just, I don't like being the San Francisco play, 49ers playing in Santa Clara. Oh come on! I'm a, I'm I'm a Jersey guy, bro. There's two New York teams that don't play in New York. I still don't understand that either. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, like I'm I'm I get it. I get it. I guess from the outside perspective, but I'm also used to it because of where I am. You know what I'm sure. saying? So uh, let's see what else we got here. Let's see if we can run through some of these quickly. Um, Sac nine one six. Oh, Sacramento in the house. How long are deployments in submarines? It depends on what type of submarine and, uh, you know, what, what kind of mission you're on. So it can be anywhere from a month to nine months. Uh, you know, they can do back-to-back deployments, you know, just have to have an intermittent stop to get more food. And everything else classified. Well, I mean, you can see all that stuff anywhere. I mean, it's, uh, you know, submarines can stay underneath the water as long as until they run out of – the only thing that holds you back is food because <laughs> you yeah. can make everything else basically. All right, uh, this one says, what are we, Alabama? So apparently he didn't like the jerseys either. All right, two alternate universes. One team starts Jimmy all year. The other starts Trey all year. Which team ends with more wins? And they're the rest, if the rest of the squad is exactly the same, I will still stick to my guns and tell you that Jimmy's going to win more games than Trey will win this year. Ah. Uh. I don't know if I agree with that. I think, see, all right. So my issue is that he's been out of football for a year. Don't, don't play yeah, devil's no, advocate with me now. <laughs> no, I, I agree with that part, right? I I think Trey starts out very slow. However, I think Jimmy gets caught up to the latter half of the year, if that makes any sense. Sure. And so that's what I'm struggling with. Um, I think, I think, I think I'm going to go with Jimmy, but not by much. Maybe by a game or two. I think Trey can hit his stride and start going on like a, a little hot streak at the end while I think Jimmy gets figured out and teams start stacking the box and, and playing to his weaknesses and deficiencies more. So that I, I, I'm answering the question. I'm going to go with Jimmy because I think we can start hotter 
but I think Trey would finish stronger. And you want to finish stronger going into the end of the season. No, I agree. I just I think that there's going to be more of a learning curve than people want to give Trey um, not credit for, but to just say that he's good. He a lot of people don't want to admit that because he was a first round pick that we trade up for that he's going to need more. Yeah, you can have oh, the yeah. full install, but that doesn't mean you master the system. And yeah, you know, yeah. Jimmy has had more reps in in Kyle's system than than Trey has, so that's where I, that's why I lean that direction. You know, obviously, we're moving on from him after this season, and Trey better be able to roll because he's got high expectations. Yes, sir. All right, here. How about you take this one while I uh, go on mute really quick? <clears throat> Okay, guys. <clears throat> From my second question, who were our exciting play, yeah, exciting players or coaches <clears throat> that we've hired from our 49ers organization of all time that we've hired from? Okay, did I read that right? Okay, guys. From who are our exciting players or coaches. So, what what what's some of the what are some of your favorite signings, whether it be coaches or uh, uh, players? To the organization. Um, well, I did like Katie. I do like Wes Welker. Um, obviously, um, our D-line coach has been awesome. Uh, and then as far as players go, I mean, who could not be excited about a fifth-round Kittle that turns into the guy he is, you know? We had no idea that that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, I was ecstatic about Kyle Shanahan. I remember watching Atlanta um, just like, really handle the Seahawks. In the in the 2016 postseason, and I tweeted at Jed York like Jed, this is what you want. This should be the guy right here. Like what you're seeing is what we should do to Seattle when we play them. Um, so I was very excited about that. Uh, a player I was excited that we drafted that actually didn't work out. So I'll be completely honest here. Uh, this is it was Marky, uh, Marcus Lattimore, uh, the running back. I was like super excited, like way more excited than I should. I think he was like a fourth round pick. It was late, and I was just dumb excited. One of my favorite draft picks of the team. It didn't work out, but it was still a draft pick that I was very excited about. I knew he had to sit out for a year at least, and then he ended up retiring and never touched the field for us. So uh, that's going to do it for us tonight, man. We want to thank you guys for rocking out with us. And, uh, Brian, you know what to do. Mahalo. <laughs>